All right, well, here we go. This is going to be episode number three of Casually Messy with your host, Brad. How you doing, everybody? I'm uh, not too bad. I was feeling a little rough there uh, yesterday when I uh, couldn't really get up out of bed, you know? It's pretty roughed up, but now I'm feeling good, feeling confident, feeling ready for today, so I thought I would dig in. Who knows what the subject's going to be today? I think first topic I guess we could talk about is parents, my parents, your parents, and the idea that I think sometimes when we're in our 20s, even younger actually, just... We can start thinking for ourselves a lot of the time we, we think that we're nothing like our parents, right? We we feel almost completely removed from who they are and who we are because you make it a point for it to be different, for you to be your own person. And I feel like some might take longer than others to realize that your weaknesses and your strengths are the same as them, you know, their weaknesses and their strengths combined get passed on to you. You know, and like for me, I think I spent, you know, most of my 20s not really seeing my family as much as I should. I mean, of course, you see them on holidays and, and, and things like that. But, you know, you tend to distance yourself. Um, and, you know, for me in the last few years, it's helped me realizing that, you know, me being good with people and me caring for others and me being able to slow my role down and just be there for that person in that moment is an attribute that I get from my mom. My ability to work hard and to be persistent with what I've been taught, well, that comes from daddy. Um, (laughs) You know, um... There's many things that, of course, you wish you could change. But I think when you find out this information, I mean, maybe you already have. But when you realize that, it'll it'll make your relationship so much easier. Because the hardships that you have, especially the internal hardships, I guarantee you either of them have had that. Uh, And who better to ask advice than somebody who's lived a life with these things it's not too late for you and maybe it's not too late for them but at least they have the experience to hopefully show you or tell you the difference i think it can be difficult especially if you had an abusive family or you've had these big emotional problems that kind of tear everybody apart but You know, at the end of the day, when you see your parents as really older versions of yourself, then you really can understand what needs to be done. Sorry about that. I had a playlist on there for Bear so he could watch something while I was doing this. Yeah, and you know, I think they need to understand that too. I mean, maybe they do, but I think... Kids are always going to be a bit more introspective about themselves and their past earlier on in their life than a parent later. I mean, maybe that's not necessarily the case. I don't know enough old old people to really have that conversation, but who knows? 
I was watching a cool video today, and of course this is going to be random, but it was very interesting. It was about pool and this pro reacting to different scenes in pool movies, you know, billiards, that kind of shit. And he talked about the word pool came from betting pools on horse racing, where they used to put, you know, pool money together. And then eventually they just started putting pool tables up so that people could be busy in between horse races. So that's kind of an interesting fact. Um, the other cool one, which I thought was really cool, is like predominantly in martial arts, there's like the belt system, right? And pe I think people make the assumption that, and I, I know it's correct now, that when you go up past, you know, white belt to yellow to blue to this, you get a new belt. But apparently in the origins of the belt system back in the day, you used to only get a white belt. And over time, the color would change because you wouldn't wash, like, I guess realistically, you wouldn't wash it. So the color would change naturally. And eventually it would go from white to yellow. Of course, it's like stained, right? But he had mentioned that eventually over time, it would be black. Now it's pretty gross, but not, <laughs> not the belt being black, but... <laughs> fucking gross that it's over time but also really cool to me i thought that was awesome so i so i wrote it down um yeah and you know this was really interesting too he was watching a, a fighting scene and it was with jackie chan and you know he was getting into the fight and he had seemingly been losing and then he awkwardly like looked at this random piece of paper that said just smile and then after that, of course, he went to the fight all smiling and all happy and really just not overthinking things. I think we forget that life needs to be fun sometimes. And I think if you take it too seriously, it can kind of kick you in the butt. So at least in this movie, he, he didn't. Now, the same fighter that I was referencing that was talking about the belts, uh, Stefan Thompson, who's one of my favorite fighters, Specifically because he likes Dragon Ball Z, right? Like, I mean, if you like Dragon Ball Z, I'll probably like you. And he, he made this, like, good point, or he had said a, a, a good thing that his father used to say to him, you know, in terms of, like, encouragement before a fight. He said, no matter what, your family is still going to be, still going to love you. Your students and friends are still going to love you. So just go out and have fun. And that's, I think, true in, in most aspects in life. I mean, sometimes we can't have fun because we're stuck inside our head, you know? And I think sometimes I can be guilty of that, of truly enjoying myself when you can think of every different possibility. Sometimes I imagine myself very closely to Doctor Strange in The Avengers, you know, where he's like, blah, 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 and he's like looking through all these possibilities and shit. That's literally me in almost every situation, which isn't really the best because overthinking can sometimes think can sometimes lead to the wrong thing being said. Um, I try my hardest not to go down that route, but you never know what's going to be said. Now, let's talk about Christmas. Not too far away. I, I know it can be a tough time for people. It can be rough affording certain things. And hey, maybe those fuckers don't. <laughs> they, maybe they don't deserve anything. I'm sure they do. Maybe you don't deserve anything, but 
for me, I mean, Christmas used to be one of my least favorite holidays. And I think, and I used to say this to customers all the time before they got taken away from me. <laughs> um, Sorry, that sounded like I was fucking cold, but no. Um, I used to say to them all the time that Christmas was my least favorite holiday because I have a big family. You know, five kids, including mom and dad, so that's seven. And I think statistically, when you have a bigger family, there's more chances for there to be an argument. Now, you'd like to think, hopefully, as we get older, things like that will change and we'll all start getting closer, but ah, you never know. I mean... One is 34, 35, you know, fuck at this point, I I don't know. I should know. And then my sister's like 23, 24. So from the youngest to the oldest, it's quite a difference. And it can be tough getting along with somebody or even having a conversation with anyone below 25, I, I find these days. Now, that's not fair to say. Of course, there's many people younger than that that are interesting and smart and great to talk to. But that can be tough. Talking to your young sister. I mean, it shouldn't be. So what the fuck am I saying? It should be easy. I think things are only difficult if you put enough thought into them. When the true answer is really just to give up your anger. Because have you ever noticed that well, if you're like me and you kind of overthink situations, sometimes when you're getting angry... And it gets more and more and it keeps building up. And it's really building up because you keep thinking it. The compound effect happens so much faster inside your mind if you keep building that anger. Whereas, like, it sounds easier said than done. But if you give up your anger, then you won't have that time manifesting it. And it will be so much easier on you to just do that. And I've, I've been trying, but that's easier said than done. Um, hmm, I got a cool message from, I mean, there's been quite a few of my good friends and surprise actually how many people are listening to it, which is thank you. Um, specifically, I wanted to say thank you to, um, Selena. I mean, I guess on social media, she's has many names, CC, you know, these different aliases that we go by uh human pixie i mean she could be called many things you know i was thinking about her the other day when i saw this message about her and her brother um i don't know marin that well i i've only met him once or twice uh back in the day when me and selena used to work together at the coffee shop and i mean i liked him right away because anyone with the name marin like cheech marin you know He's good in my books. And a cool dude, honestly. It's nice to see a brother and sister get along so well that connect like a perfect puzzle piece, you know? Um, now, it, it might not be easy for them, or maybe it is. But I always appreciate seeing that in people and, and in their relationships because then it gives me a perspective of maybe that's how I should be doing it. Maybe that's the approach. I should go down. And, you know, she's just a great person. We worked together a few years ago, actually, before she had left. And ah, there's many things I could say about her, honestly. Um, hmm, where to start, honestly? 
I remember at that point, I mean, I, I beat it now because I had so many shifts by myself that you have pretty good tip days. But for the longest time, me and her, at least personally, had the tip record. Uh, and it was the most that I had ha ever had while working with somebody. I think we had like 55 or 60 each, which is funny because during the pandemic or these last few months, you know, I was getting like 90, 85, 75, 100, $110 a day in tips. Now that's fucking really busy, but it's pretty epic too. I used to always say to people as well, I mean, and, and I've, it would have to be true because no one's getting paid there. Uh, you know, downtown was getting double shifts, double people. And, you know, of course it was super busy, but comparatively it would have been the same because of course there's two people. So there's less stress. There's more of a flow because you can get people out more. Right. But that was also the critique that some people had about downtown in the comparison to the Kingston center is that, well, I think I'm one of the fastest workers. I mean, when you're when you're ADD out the fucking mind, how can you not be? But and then that job tend to make me that job made me focus in and and do well because I had so much to do. Um but at the same time because downtown was more student oriented, tight packed, not too many seats, it it, it had that kind of like they had to keep going next, next, next. Where, you know, for me, I, I like the Kingston Center because you could take the time to talk to people, to have these conversations, to, to learn about them. And, you know, some businesses are, well, if, apparently you shouldn't be doing that. You know, it's it's all about making the a drink and making people want to come back. And it's true, but it's just, I think certain things get get mixed up when an owner of like a company doesn't, isn't as good as their workers in terms of caring for others. Yes, I have no idea how to run a business, but I guarantee you a business built on love, mutual respect, doing things for others and not asking for anything in return, being there for people when they need you, holding them when they're upset, and just telling them that it's going to be all right to offer to be there for them if they need a hand, to write a eulogy for a cut. You know, many of these things that I really love doing and just come naturally could seem almost alien to a boss who just wants money or, you know, just wants you to be a little worker bee, you know, and sometimes there can be multiple queens in a company. <laughs> sometimes I'm a queen, but <laughs> not very often, but I think it can be tough and maybe there's a bit of, there could be jealousy there, you know? I mean, you can't you can't tell me I'm a bad person holding a customer while they're upset about their terminally ill aunt. Like, oh, people don't like you, Brad. Well, <laughs> I think they they would beg otherwise. But now I have so much more room to go. I have so much more space. I have more places that I can go to give this to other people, to show them what I got kind of getting off topic here uh let's get cc back on my mind um you know what i really admire about her um is that she does what she wants you know and whew, fuck it. Mm. 
I was trying to think of what to say. You could really, yeah, you respect that. I was like, fuck, that's hot. But no, you know, I really respect someone who can do, says what they want and they do it. Because I say a lot of things and I don't follow through. You know, this podcast, I was looking through my, my little journal books that I, I've had over the years. And uh, I think it was like 2016, I was writing down ideas and guests. So this shows you how long it fucking took me to, to really actually do this. Um, so I'm always going to admire that in her, um, her willingness to just do what she wants. And honestly, she's killing it. She's always smiling. She's so open about who she is, the pain that she's been through. And she's just an authentic person. You know, uh, I don't think I've seen her in, at least in person in maybe five or six years, but I guarantee you that. I'd feel just the same. Um, and it's just really nice to be able to see that and know that, hey, you can do the same. You just need to take a page out of her book and just fucking do it. Um, <laughs> I remember when we used to work together, I always, I, always I, I have to nickname people, right? And I, am, I don't think back then it was Cece, right? I don't know where she came up with that alias, um, but, uh, I used to call her, I remember trying to call her Sparky and I think she mentioned something about a family pet of hers died named Sparky or that's a dog's name. One of the things that, you know, I eventually used to call her slim a lot of the time. Um, I don't know why I think her friends probably called her that in high school. Um, she is pretty slim though. Um, but no, just an amazing person. Great energy, isn't afraid to show her weaknesses and her, you know, and her strengths. Uh, she, I'm not sure if it's the same because I know my sister had eczema and I think that she does, but it's just nice that she's like, she doesn't give a fuck. She just, she sets out on a course and she completes it, like... Not Columbus, but imagine any Viking, Joan of Arc, any sexy woman with armor and fucking swords and shit and ready to fucking be in battle at any moment. I think that's her. I mean, I don't think that in a, in a violent way, but she's always there when you need her. And even if she's far away like this, I can just send her a message, say hey, and the feelings will just be right back. No, I, I'm not, like, in love with her. I mean, I guess I'm in love with everybody, really. I mean, if you see others as you, then how could you not be in love with said person, right? If you love yourself, then how could you not love others? But I'm kind of getting into a loophole. Um, I do remember, though, I mean, just to be embarrassing. You know, I think most of these stories, I have to embarrass myself. I have to say things maybe that they wouldn't know. And I think she knows most of these things, honestly, uh, that I've said because I've said it to her. And I think you need to say these things to your friends. Um, you need to, like I said in the last episode, your role models need to be your friends and not these people that are so, so far away that you can't touch, you can't obtain, you know. And I should have added, I should have added Selena to the list. I should have added her. And, uh, well, there's still time. I can, I can add her. And, you know, I was trying to compare her to something, you know, just to kind of, give more of a feeling and I don't know why genies came up into my mind but she 
would be the example of a genie that doesn't need a lamp. She doesn't need to be contained. The beauty of who she is is that she's not contained. She's open. She's free. And I do remember, at the chance of, of being <laughs> embarrassing, I do remember, actually, <laughs> this is going to sound fucking weird, but fuck it. Um, I do remember sometimes when we would work together what she would wear, which I have a good memory, and it's not like I'm trying to remember these things, but I think when you get intoxicated by somebody's presence, whether it's through what they say, the through what they do or what they wear, you, you tend to remember it. And I remember as, as I lick my lips, like, what the fuck? I just remember her being a beautiful person and more than just how she looked, but what was inside. I mean, it sounds very cliched, but I like that idea of her being a genie that has no lamp that's open free and is there to grant your wishes i mean she's a good person <laughs> i don't know where else to go from there other than i miss you hope you come back sometime soon for christmas and really i hope that i can fucking go to bc and you can actually show me what's up go on a trip drink some cider do some shit, you know, cause some ruckus, eat some sushi if you're still a sushi sushi gal. Uh, maybe you're all vegan now, but I remember back before you left, we were supposed to go eat sushi, and we never did, and I haven't fucking forgotten. <laughs> um, but yeah, keep fucking doing what you're doing, Selena. I really admire it, and fuck, I hope someday I can be there throwing them back with the best of them and going down shredding some sick hills bud you know she likes to snowboard um but yeah enough uh reminiscing about selena or cc or slim or sparky or what do you call a genie without a lamp i don't know i guess i could call her genie whatever she'll let me know after this fucking episode I love you. Um, hmm. So I was going through my journal books here. Uh, I just brought them out because I thought this would be a perfect thing for me to read for you guys. And honestly, a lot of these things in here, I don't remember. And I need to read them because they're beneficial. And I, I used to start writing these books as a, hopefully as a gateway for when I have kids. Because like I mentioned before, you do end up being the sum of your parents, but in your early teens and during your twenties, you're so far removed. And I, and I know that, and you know, I really wish I could have kids. I, I hope so. You know, um, I gotta, you gotta put it in the work and I, I really hope so. But I know that no matter how good of a father I am or a parent, there will be a diff, there'll be a separation. There'll be, even if I do a perfect job, or the, there will always be that little bit. So when I started doing these back in like 2016, I only have four or five of them fully writ, but I, I used to think that no matter how far apart or how close we are, these would bridge the gap because these tell how I'm feeling. Now, a lot of them are fucking philosophical. Like I kind of write in a weird way and I don't understand how, where that comes from, honestly, because 
when I sit down, I just it just comes out of me. And I know that that is part of the phenomenon as auto writing of people who are just able to sit down and write, not have um, a geared mindset or a plan to write about that stuff, but it just comes out. And generally, that's me. And I'll read you this uh, from October 12th, 2017. The hand on the clock moves backwards when you don't stop to smell the roses. So take the time when you can just for the little things. It's the bridge from which you can control the dream and narrow the flow of time. So when you feel the force of time getting out of control, stop and look inside. The view is always prettier when you wipe the windows from the inside. And it's true, really. I mean, you can't truly appreciate the beauty of things in front of you if you don't wipe the shit that's blocking you from seeing that inside. And you need to address these things regardless of who you are, status, broke, poor, fucking idiot. You, you gotta, you gotta think about these things. Um, and I do more than ever, you know, I have a tattoo, which I guess this would be me revealing the meaning of the tattoo because if uh, funny enough like a, a good, like a good majority of my really really good friends like really good friends don't know what it means and really it means nothing to me there's no meaning to it but what's interesting is that through time it's like is it a coincidence that I got this tattoo because the what it means and it means evil which maybe you think I am and maybe you think I'm not but I, at the time, you know, my mom wanted to get a tattoo. I knew, and I wanted to, but she wouldn't let me get one. So at the time, I was working at IGA, and I made, I made enough money. I don't know if it's blackmailing or what, what it is, but I paid for my mom's tattoo so I could get one. And, of course, what did my mom get? A fucking tramp stamp, which reminds me, I need to ask her if I could see it. I want to see a fucking what it's morphed into, a butterfly, a fucking cross. I don't know, but... It was funny because that's it was like mom, and like for me it's very similar to when I go to restaurants and the waiter comes and and you're not quite ready. A lot of the time I'll just pick something, and I ended up picking this. And yes, it means evil, but I've started to create a meaning over time to understand that like I think you need to appreciate the dark to bathe in the light, right? You need to know that there's that little bit in you that will never go away, and if you don't acknowledge it. It'll come back and haunt you. It'll come back and bug you at the times when you're not, when you're least expecting it. So you need to appreciate even the small bit of negativity in you because it helps show the difference of who you were and who you are then and who you will always be. So, yeah, that's what that means. I mean, some days I'm more evil than others, but... I think it's there now to show a purpose that I can be better than than that. And and I am. I am. How about I uh, read one last one before you guys, before I go. And I'll keep this one a little short. I was thinking about it the other day. And really a podcast's length is really however you deem or how much you deem you know, I kept thinking it needs to be an hour an hour an hour an hour but no you shouldn't restrict yourself to these time slots it should be just when when it ends it ends 
when it begins, he begins. So I'll I'll read this one and then maybe I'll peace out. Uh, who knows? Or maybe I'll fucking be here for a few hours. I guess you'll know. October 15th, 2017. How do you explain infinite love for one individual? How do you sum up all the good and impact someone had in your life? You can't, but you do your best to keep the shadows away and bathe in the light they brought. Wow. As if this has... Okay. The most early memories I have of you differ so differently from the last memory. But what I won't do is recall the memories of the past to explain the future for me. It's time for me to start living for both our sakes. But first, a little trip down memory lane is in order. The aspect of our first chapter that influenced me was your innocence, heart, and willingness to always be a helping hand. I wish I could be more like back then. There are a few memories that stand out, though. Having your first shot with me, Chris, Rachel, Matt, and Alistair, Stacy's mom on karaoke, you squeeze in between me and Alistair the night of our trip to Baby Metal Venture. Yeah, that was funny. Me and Alistair, both like big dudes, and then Dalton, rest in peace, um, just like squeezed in between. I was like a little fucking toothpick. I ramble, so I'll stop the normal routine and just be me. It's taken me quite a long to sit down and write. A shadow looms over me. I've chose to hurt this long. I needed to feel the pain so that I could truly submerge you. So I could... <laughs> what? Pain so that I could truly merge with your heart and mind. See? Like... Some of this shit's not really written out accurate, but what 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 can you do, buddy? Um, yeah, I don't I, I don't know what else uh, to talk about. <laughs> Let's talk about more friends, you know. Um, Let's talk about Chris, Christopher, Chris. Chrissy? Chris with a K? No, it's Chris. I think it's Christopher Engel. Has glasses and a heart of gold. What's cool about Chris, and uh, I met him through my buddy Ahmed or Ahmed. I mean, you know, I was thinking about his name the other day, and I was saying to uh, my buddy Aiden over dinner, it's like, you still always call him Ahmed when it, it's, and everyone calls him Ahmed. I think the reason why I called him Ahmed and like it's because it is a throat vowel it's just I would pronounce it literally Ahmed instead of Ahmed you know it's similar to that um but anyways that's besides the point um Chris he's just like me I mean you might not see it because we both have different spacesuits we look differently he's kind of he kind of reminds you of I think his dad is a doctor <laughs> I was gonna say kind of reminds you of a doctor's son um, but you know, with Chris, he has ADD too, you know, and, and I knew the minute he came over and chilled and we played smash that I knew that we were going to be best, well, not best buddies, but we're going to fit together perfectly because he paces around. He kind of goes all over the place. He's like this, that, this, he's a very random. He's exactly what I needed to see in someone I needed to see the mirrored reflection of myself and another. 
And what's what I love about Chris is that he he reminds me of my favorite comedian in a way, and something that honestly I need to do more, and I, I try to just to check in with people. You know, when I look at my messages, um, every now and again I'll get a nice audio message from Chris just saying that, hey, I hope you're having a good day. I was thinking of you. And, you know, and just <clears throat> little messages like that, at least for me, make it so much more uh, fruitful, I think, a, uh, a friendship like that. And I, I just really appreciate those little things. Um, he had messaged me recently, and I... Uh, I hadn't responded, uh, or I hadn't even really heard them. So hey, let's let's do a little fun experiment and let's listen to it together. He's such a good dude. I, w- I wish I could be around him more, honestly. But wishes only come true if you fucking put your your shit together and and you go for it, you know. And let's listen to this. Man, saw your post about the job. I'm sorry that happened to you, man. I know how it feels. Like, you know, you just get wronged by the business. It's like, I dedicate so much time. And it's hard to let go, but you know, man, it's going to be an easy transition for you. Um, you're just going to have to take a little bit of time, you know, do some stuff exploring, apply to some other places. And you'll see, man, you'll have to start having fun again. You'll find out that you're, you got nothing but horizons ahead of you. What a fucking good dude. You know? Just makes you understand the difference between what it takes and what, yeah, what difference. Well, it just tells you what it takes to be a good person. Here's another one. Hey, Brad. Uh, I know it's been a while. I hope you have a wonderful day, man. Uh, think about it you a lot. And I will be seeing you tonight at the movies, hopefully. It's going to be a long time reunion. Miss you lots, man. Hope you have a great day. Makes you feel good, for sure. Um, hmm. Uh, I guess I don't really know who else. I mean, I could talk about Maria, but I feel like she needs her own fucking episodes, her own series. Um, Maria is this older lady that comes in, let's be, I would say 60s, uh, who knows, honestly. I mean, maybe she'll live forever. I fucking hope so. <laughs> Honestly, because that's going to be... I mean, it's... She's... I would say, to me, she's family. Because the things that she does for me, just like the nice little letters, it's not about giving gifts. It's just about being there, you know? And, and, and the sustenance of said presence. And, you know, anytime I'm with her, she's so much, so understanding. And you can believe me, we are very different. I mean, of course, I'm like half of her age, but uh, not that. I just mean she's very, she's a lot more positive than me. Uh, I can get, I can get pretty negative, right? Uh, as, as a lot of my good friends know. And I'm trying, luckily this uh, podcast has actually been pretty, good actually so far i haven't fucking went into any crazy crazy rants um you know but with maria she's always encouraging me to write you know i had wrote something about her the one day and 
ever since then, you know, she would always drop off these writing exercise books, all these things, you know, but not pushing me, just encouraging me. And I think there's a difference. I, I never really got much encouragement or pushing as a kid. And yes, in school to a certain extent, but I think when you have so much energy and you, it, it can be misunderstood. And, and I'm happy to say that Maria understands me and we've actually been able to go to the movies a few times together. Uh, first one what we saw was Annette, which I fucking love that movie. And funny enough, the best part was me sitting beside her. And then there's these like super detailed sex scenes. And I'm thinking, what is she? What the, what is she thinking? And she, honestly, she said she didn't really know. uh, She doesn't know if she liked the movie. I, I thought it was great. Um, the second movie that we saw was Shang-Chi, which is like a martial arts Marvel movie. And I knew that she would love it because she's used to going to the screening room. And a lot of the time they play a lot more of the indie movies and not the super technical CG, you know, mastery that Marvel movies generally are. I mean, they've been kind of fucking up lately, but I knew because she's such a martial arts fan, I knew that she would enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, she really, really liked it. And I, I knew that that was the right thing, but you know, and she's actually the customer that I, that I referenced before about writing a eulogy. You know, my grandma, I had wrote her something or read her something beautiful that I wrote for a customer, Brian, who was leaving with his family to BC. And ever since reading her that, uh, or at least that day, she asked me if I could read her eulogy, you know, and I agreed instantly. You know, but that felt differently. There's impulse. I'm the king of impulse, right? Like, like that song Impulse in Guitar Hero 3. You know, I'm an impulsive person, yet it felt different because I think, one, it was just the right thing to do. But at the same time, like, public speaking is my biggest fear. Now, I guess this is public speaking by myself, but it's just my biggest fear. And I think, what drive somebody whose biggest fear is to speak in front of somebody to say yes in probably the the most frightening or kind of pressuring time to say something in front of people's eulogy and you know I do kind of worry about that slightly with my family being kind of how they the way they are not not my immediate family but those around you know not everybody can think as open as I do and believe me I'm I'm not that well, yeah, I guess I am fucking so open-minded. It's fucking leaking everywhere, I guess. But I guess it might be hard for them to accept uh, accept that that she chose me. And and it, interestingly enough, like because I was chosen to read the eulogy. Now she had mentioned I thought there was going to be multiple people, but no, it's just me. But luckily, I have the decision because I'm the person deemed to do it. I do have the decision to delegate or to say that maybe a few others could say some stuff. And I know that eulogies um, sometimes are like biographies. There's like a different forms of how you can write a eulogy. I already know what I'm going to go and the route I'm going to go. And it's not going to be down that. I'm not going to go through. She was born in 1947 and her, the daughter of, you know, I'm not going to fucking write some lame, like I'm not going to write something predictable. That's a flow chart. What I'm going to write is exactly what she wants and she asked me to. 
you know, I, I, when I read her that, she said, wow, Brad, you, you write so beautifully. And she said, you get me. And, and I mean, I do. Part of me thinks that some, some of them might be upset because maybe they spent more time with her. So th- they might have that jealousy of, but like, it's not, it's not like that. And honestly, I don't think they'll like, I'm not supreme confident in every, anything really besides loving you and whistling and writing to a certain extent. I just don't do enough of it, but I know in that moment I'll be able to. And what pushes you to do something that you're afraid of so much so? Well, it's love. And I know the route that I'm going to go down. I, I can't give you any, well, I can give you some spoilers, but I'm not necessarily going to, like, I don't have it written, but, you know, I have a good memory of me going to church. And this might be the funny aspect of, of the eulogy, because I think you need to hit most, like, just like when you're fucking, you know, uh, sorry to talk about grandma. Like, I don't have to think about grandmas and fucking, but it just, you might assume that I do. Like, people jump to conclusions with how random I am, but like, it's kind of like when you're making love to somebody, you don't just touch this area and then skip to this and you go down. You know, no, you gotta, you gotta treat a body, woman or man's, you know, you gotta treat it like a canvas, right? You gotta appreciate every little nook and cranny, you know, you gotta go down, you got, you know, you gotta, you gotta kiss from top to bottom, you gotta lick from bottom to top, you know, you gotta take your time pushing all the buttons, pressing everything against them, I don't know, we're getting real sexual over here, up in this bitch, but no, what I mean by that is that, um, I know that in a eulogy, at least for me, it will cover the gambit of emotions. And I think humor needs to be partially in, in, it, in it. At least for me, I mean, I deal with death differently than others. Um, of course, it, I, I grieve, but humor is a gateway to being back in that person's presence. So I will always make jokes, especially because I, I learned, you know, from my good buddy Joe, uh, and when his brother, you know, took a trip down his own solo lane. I, I mean, control alt deleted himself. That's the best way I can say it. You know, um, I remember Joe joking about it that night when he told us, you know, it was a pretty emotional night. Um, not like for us, he was always super hot, but that's how you deal with it. You know, and I, I used to think about it so much and he is really what saved me when, <clears throat> You know, when my buddy Dalton passed away and when my buddy Alex passed away because they did the same, you know. And for me, humor's always been what's fixed things, you know. And jokes that make you sad and jokes that make you happy come from the same place. And I think when he would do that, it made me really understand that that's what I'll need to use to help me in the future. Because when you make a joke like that, yeah, not everybody's going to get it. Of course they're not. But for me, when you make a joke about somebody, and it's funny, it has to be very funny, at least to you. You know, when you're laughing, it's like you were just with that person. And I used to laugh with all of my friends, the ones that are living and the ones that are dead. So why not trigger that memory and feel that emotion by just making that joke and feeling like they're just right beside you? 
Now, of course, I'm not going to make some, like, grim-ass joke. Uh, at least, I may be at the wake, but not at the fat, the eulogy. But for her, I remember going to church with my grandma and her giving me a toonie if I was good. Now, that's partially because, like, me being ADD'd out the, out the mind, you know, I was always all over the place. So there, I needed a reward, um, really ADD people need a reward system. And that's why a lot of parents and teachers kind of give up. I think on, on kids like us is that we do need constant rewards, just like a dog, dogs, certain dogs need are reward driven and, and, or food driven. You know, I'm not necessarily food driven. Um, but it's, it's reward based. And I remember just that was like a good memory, but at the same time to me, it was funny because I was like, hmm. I don't think that's like Jesus appropriate, you know. I don't think that's God friendly, you know, <laughs> bribing your, you know, your little buddy to be good, but it's a good memory of mine, you know, and another good memory that I have, even though it's a little sad, was that, you know, my grandpa who had passed away from cancer, I I remember this. It's almost just like a movie. Um him being in that bed and, and not looking, you know, losing so much weight, not looking the best. Um, but she was there through it all as she was supposed to be, you know. And the, the best part, just like in the movie, was it The Notebook? I mean, they both died together, but he passed away while holding hands with her. And I hope, you know, if any of the ones close to me are in that position, no, I'll be holding both hands. I'll be holding your feet. I'll be doing everything. You can guarantee it. I spend so much time visiting Alex and eventually I'll visit my buddy Dalton. He lives out. Well, he, he lives in the ground out in Verona. Um but I haven't really been able to go go see him, so hopefully soon. But you best bet if you take a trip out of this world too soon or too late, and if I'm still around, you best believe I'll be spending time with you. You can't get rid of me, especially once you're dead. I mean, I'll fucking be annoying you all the time. I mean, I, I need what you have to offer. And sometimes I can't get what you have to offer until you've passed that plane of existence so where as your soul your energy whatever you call it it can be a bit more transferable when there isn't a body in the way i guess you know and i go to the cemetery to get strength from alex you know and i'm sure i'll go to dalton's for you know i was gonna say that warmth because he was a fucking ginger but i would go there for the laughs honestly and for just the wholesomeness of who who he was. Um. Yeah. Well. I mean. Huh. What else should we talk about? All right. I mean, I kind of said most of it. I randomly thought of many crazy things. You know. Uh, I don't really know what's left to say other than just I can just do it, like Nike would say. You know, uh, I think this holiday season, it's going to be 
hopefully better for a lot of you and maybe it'll be tougher, but I think regardless of how you feel, whether you don't appreciate what he said to you or what she, how she treated you, I think this is a time where you can set, you can give up your anger, right? Like I said in the last podcast, which applies to death, but it also applies to arguments. It applies to most things. It's just to hold on tightly and let go lightly, as Ram Dass would say. And you best believe I'll be doing that. Take care. Peace. Uh, you know, hey, if you want, send me some uh, questions or of what you would like me to talk about. Really, I can talk about anything, honestly. I mean, we could talk about the all the different dimensions. You know, at one point I'd read out... I wrote out to explain to people the difference between one dimension, two dimension, three dimension, four dimension. But uh, it's just not, not really relevant. Um, I think if you have someone to kiss, stare into their eyes. If you have someone to hate, write them a nice letter. I don't know. For me, I don't have uh, though. I'm, I don't even have hatred, even for the fucks that got rid of me. Uh, or the people, you know, uh, I was saying to my brother that it, it, it sucks when you're matured enough to know that your previous motives and courses of actions aren't the right, you know, for me, revenge will always be in me. I, I'm a very vengeful, revengeful person, but I know what's better than revenge becoming what they thought you couldn't, you know, or or persevering in the, you know, persevering past their preconceived notions of you. You know, uh, they expect you to fail, but what's better is becoming, you know, becoming your true potential. Uh, I think that's the type of cut that will burn more. Hmm. <sighs> I don't know what I'm going to get up to uh, for the rest of the night. Yesterday, uh, or sorry, this morning, I didn't really do anything. Watched a few videos. Spent most of my day, like, contemplating what I should do. And then, thus, I'm here. Um, going to message a few people. Tell them I love them, you know. And uh, I would say, I mean, <laughs> that's your homework for, for this next few days. Just to message somebody you hadn't talked to in a while. Or maybe things had gone weary. And just tell them that you're there for them. Uh, I know I have a few people I need to do that for. I need to reconnect with my buddy John Forrester. And I need to send a good message to my buddy Kent. Uh, I miss that fucking bastard. Uh, he's in Alberta. And I haven't heard from him ever since. And I feel bad that I hadn't responded to him back then. But we had some really good times together. He drove me up to my brother's wedding. Um... I remember we listened to Circuit Survive on letting on letting go the whole album, and I remember listening to a certain album by Jared Gorbel and him being like, "Oh, my mom would love that," and he gifted his mom that for Christmas. And I got so many good memories of of Buddy. Uh, I should justify the appreciation of his existence by just sending him a message of appreciation and, and an apology. I mean, I used to 
be the king of writing apology letters in public school. I mean, I was unmoderated in terms of my emotions and my actions. So I remember, honestly, yeah, I do remember writing one because I was like, she's masturbating. And it's like, I remember Miss Galat bringing me to the office and being like, do you know what that is? They're like, no, <laughs> not really. And I remember her explaining, it's like, what's awkward? Like, what's more awkward than, and, and especially now, because she's like, even then, I thought she was attractive. So, I mean, she's probably still beautiful. I mean, even if she's like 70, I remember Miss Gallant. Damn. But, um, you know, I think you need to just push the pain aside and just send somebody a message and tell them that you love them. I love you. Cece, I love you. Marin. Stephen Thompson, my boy from UFC, and really anybody who's listened to this, I think I appreciate you listening to what I have to say. I know it's all over the place, and eventually it will be a, a bit more honed, and honestly, I think the true potential will be when we have a guest, because I'll be more focused, and you'll see how I truly am with other people. Um, as inquisitive I, as I am of my own self, I'm even more so with somebody else. And hey, maybe we'll be able to have a, a Skype, you know, I'll record it, but maybe we'll be able to have a podcast with uh, CC sometime or with HJ who's in uh, BC or my buddy Kyle who's in Alberta. <laughs> that would be a, funny, a fun one with Kyle. Kyle, you know what? This is actually all that... Uh, I'll finish it with Kyle because me and him have some great conversations. But you know what really like made me understand? Now, this is like, hmm. I don't want this to sound like offensive. But like, and I don't want it to be misunderstood. Um, but I really, truly understood many things in the in the differences, but also the similarities of someone who's gay and who's not. I remember going to... With uh, Jesse, uh, with Jesse and Kyle to uh, a gay bar one night, it was very. Uh, it it gave me the perspective I needed, right? Like he was getting harassed so much, even me, someone who's fugly. Or, <laughs> I don't know if that's the case, but or, well, maybe. But uh, even then, it's like dudes are fucking hitting on you, buying you drinks, and you're like, "What the fuck's going on here?" Um, but uh, so that 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 gave me a bit of perspective. But no, just the fact that how horny he is. I mean, like, I don't even think you could. Uh, there's a cap on this guy's sexuality. You send him a wink, and he's he's about to explode. <laughs> no, 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 he's a good guy. Honestly, he's a really good guy. I love his mom, Robin. She's so fun to be around. So I haven't seen her in a few years, but you can mess with it. You know, you gotta love with somebody who you can joke with and mess with and. She cares for her kids so much, you know, his his daughter and or her daughter. And, you know, she cares so much for her family. Kyle, set me up with your sister. Um, but, uh, no, I just, I appreciate a lot of it. And I, and I like kind of, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not very helpful either. You know, I can be a little bit of a troll one way or another. So sometimes I feed the beast that is Kyle's uncapped sexuality. Um, and sometimes I regret it, <laughs> but I think 
you need to have that comfortability between two to be able to poke fun and to be able to be understanding, you know, I think we get past this, these kind of problems in life, whether it's right this by being progressive and being, I don't know, people just need to be a bit more open-minded and, uh, I really appreciate Kyle. I remember. <laughs> oh, that'll be another pod. That'll be another podcast. But hopefully he'll come down. He'll come down here, and I'll get to see him over the holidays. He works in Alberta as um. He used to be a, like a prison guard, but now he's like a detective. That like, a prison detective, like fucking sick. You know, I I don't know how he's not single. I should yo. If any of you guys have any single gay dudes that want to fuck a guy with money and with handcuffs, uh, send me a message and I'll, I'll hit you. I'll link you up with Kyle. He's a great guy. Um, and I want him to know that I love him a lot. Anyways, have a good day guys. Peace. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hopefully, or who knows when I'll talk to you. I'll be on Spotify. You can probably check me out on, uh, Apple, iTunes, podcasts, and tomorrow I'll be putting in the paperwork for me to start getting paid from this. Boom, getting the sponsors. Already messaged two people. You probably aren't gonna like. You're probably not gonna like who the guests are, but they are famous. And I did message two of them. I don't know if they'll hit me back, but I message a lot of people, and I don't give a fuck. I'll message them casually. I'm honest about what this is. I mean, I messaged Conor McGregor. <laughs> it would be great to see him fucking shit talk me. And all of this, but hey, who knows? I messaged him just saying, hey, love to chit-chat with you. I only got like 10, 20, 30 viewers. I'd love to hear your thoughts on Ireland. You know, just something simple as that. Um, you ask enough people and they'll say yes. Um, so ask yourself these questions that keep you up at night. You ask yourself enough questions and you'll get the right answer. Take care. Love you. See you soon. Bye.